Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. You know, I've been reading this uh, book that I've talked a little bit about on the air with uh, you a couple of times called Vasistha's Yoga. And I'm about halfway through now. I'm on page 389, to be exact. Um, So I'm getting close to the halfway point and studying it every single day. But it had a huge, huge impact. Um, Somebody in the audience, someone uh, that I know, I don't want to mention by name. um, She's fairly well known. And and I also knew her father. And um, she came up to me uh, or she wrote me a letter uh, that I just got uh, in the mail on Saturday. Uh, telling me how that talk on Friday night had really, uh, t- you know, just sort of transformed her. That uh, when she was uh, when she was a young girl, that she had uh, vis- had a lot of abuse, sexual abuse, visited on her by her father, and uh, her mother knew about it. And just like this, this horrible story of uh, you know a young girl and her sister who had had all of these difficulties and uh, and had to live with that. And then um, she just said that she was freed on Friday night. It was just a really beautiful letter. I would read it, but it's too long. Um, and someone might know who that person is, and I want to sort of keep, keep it confidential. But it was, uh, it was very, very impactful. And then I looked on the Internet um, on my Facebook page, and there were just uh, hundreds and hundreds of people telling me you were on fire that night and uh, you know you, you 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 I've never seen you you know use more humor and more whatever it might be and a lot of it is is coming from this this uh, phenomenal book that I'm reading which is teaching me about who I really am who we all really are you know that uh, the the infinite consciousness that uh, that is uh, our essence and um, and it's it's like put me in a really peaceful place as far as uh, um, dealing with helping people grieving and dealing with death and things like that. That's where, where you get this complete awareness of, uh, of the, uh, of who, the who essence, you really are, you know, of our very, of our very, very essence. You know, it's like you can take, they say over and over again, you can take the body that you're in and you can cut it into a million pieces and pulverize it and, uh, and burn it up and whatever, but you can never, <clears throat> you can, you can never touch the set, the space inside. Um, very much like a, a bowl, you know, or a cup. If you take a, uh, uh, if you take a pot, and um, and you say, okay, this is a pot, and you pulverize the the uh, the clay that makes up the pot, uh, the space inside the pot can never be destroyed. No, no matter what you do to the, uh, what you do to the pot, and the idea that uh, that somehow this space inside the pot, which is what which is what constitutes the the pot itself. Um, that it is uh, that it is born when the pot is born, uh, when the clay is born, is absurd, and that it perishes when the when the when the uh, pot perishes or is pulverized. That that which is inside the inner space uh, can never be destroyed, and it's like, in order to have a pot, you must have the space. But uh, uh, and the reverse isn't true, though. The space doesn't need a pot. The space is just infinite. It is always there. And then if you extend this metaphor to yourself um, and, and see your body as sort of the pot, as the clay, and you can break it in half, you can cut it up, you can do any number of things to it, um, but the, what's inside, the space that's inside, that's what's listening right now on the radio show, that's what's coming out of me right now, the thoughts that you're having as I say this and so on, all of this, uh, this invisibleness within can never be destroyed. And the idea that... Uh, you know, the space within us, which is what we really are, uh, begins when the body starts. Is just as absurd as beginning that the space inside of a, of a pot begins when the clay starts. It's always there. 
and it, it can never perish. And uh, it's just been a, you know, that's just one little metaphor of what uh, when I spoke about. I know I spoke a bit about that on Friday night. You can tell me more about what I spoke about <laughs> on Friday night because I never, I never can remember. Even and I, I very often used to give uh, 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 talks at churches on, on Sunday morning, and I do the eleven o'clock, nine o'clock service, and the eleven o'clock service. And I can remember saying to my friend Jack Bolin one time. Um, when I gave it, this was in Detroit at the Renaissance uh, Unity Church there, uh, and I gave a talk at nine o'clock. And Jack came up to me, said that was great, Wayne. He said, now do exactly the same thing for the eleven o'clock service, and I said that fine, except I have no idea what I just said in the nine o'clock service, and that was about ten o'clock. Uh, so it's just, it's 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 that whole essence of uh, remembering that, that you know that God delivers all the speeches and, and all the talks and writes all the books, and um, you know you can. Uh, uh, you don't take any credit for it whatsoever. So, well, you were on uh, fire. <laughs> it was it was a I great was. it was a great talk. Um, you know, yeah. you shared some great stories, and you know mm. about how seeing obstacles as divine gifts. Mm. And uh, yeah. I, and I spoke to a lot of people after because I was out there with my little tape recorder, you know, taping mm-hmm. people's reactions after some of the talks. And mm-hmm. people were just, oh, wow, you know, it's, I'm, I'm changed, you know, it's a life-changing mm-hmm. and a, amazing talk. And a lot of people mm-hmm. were very moved. So you, you did yeah. reach a lot of people that night. Well, I know I reached that one, the one lady who wrote me this beautiful, beautiful letter. It just really touched me to, to the core, this letter. And... Um, and I was thinking about uh, you know how I was called to do this this uh, the reading of this book this uh, Vasista's Yoga and to study this ancient ancient teaching which is is a monumental undertaking I mean just the idea that I want to read the entire thing it's going to take me several months to, just to get through it and then I'm going to read it again um, uh, and um, you know my teacher in India Nisargadatta Maharaj um, it is said that he read the, when he after he read Vasista's Yoga. Uh, he became enlightened. It was that was the that was the turning point for him, and um, even in the introduction, Swami Muktananda says that uh, this you know if you can get through this and and understand it, um, it will bring you uh, spiritual liberation. Uh, so it's it's something that I'm doing every day. I feel like I'm back in school, back in my my PhD days, and because uh, in those days I had so much reading to do that I wouldn't even go into the bathroom without at least a couple of textbooks to, to go with me. And to write <laughs> well, the down. fact that you said that you're on page three hundred something and you're only halfway through, I mean, it's I'm got, not even halfway through. It's quite through, the yeah. tome, I can imagine, if it's over six hundred yes. pages. It's the third largest book, according to the um, uh, on what it says on the internet. It's just the third longest book ever written as one book, uh, and it's just it's just a dialogue between um, between Vasista, this divine spiritual master, uh, and um, and a young uh, a young man who's reaching for enlightenment named Rama, and it's that it's the dialogue back and forth, and it's the stories, and there are sometimes when I read it, I read about ten pages a day. And then I, I write notes on it, and um, and sometimes I just write wow on the, on this on, on the margin, you know, I just I write on the book, uh, and and I go back to it the next day and the next, and uh, trying to just let it really become. Uh, it's like it's the highest level for me. I think it's the uh, it's the top of the ladder, you know. That Rumi said that when we are born, uh, a ladder is placed before us to help us to escape from this world. 
to help us, I think, to understand what Jesus said, that you are in this world. We're all in this world. We're all filling out the forms and doing, doing the best we can with these bodies that we have and so on. We're all in this world, but we're not of this world. And that's right. something I think, I think that a lot of people don't really understand what that means. Um, but, but our true essence is not this, these bodies that we're in or all this physical stuff that we see. This is no more, this is no different than uh, the eight hour dream that we have every night when all of the objects that we have in there are absolutely real. We're totally convinced that, uh, this is all real. And then we awaken and realize that they're, they're all just thoughts. So we really need to remember, right? We, we, we knew this re- before. But I think we also need to realize that, uh, you know, this whole concept of infinity uh, and being infinite and, uh, and, not, and, <clears throat> and who we are is not this body that we're in that is going to perish, that, uh, that started in one moment and, st- and stops in another. That's what's something that's called finite. It finishes someplace and, and, and begins someplace. But the opposite of finite is infinite or infinite, and that means that it never stops. The minute that you try to put a finishing point on it, it's no longer infinite. It now becomes finite. And um, our souls and, uh, and, and who we are, this interiority, um, doesn't, uh, doesn't begin when the body begins, and it doesn't end when the body ends. To, to understand that and grasp that, it, uh, it gets past all of the sorrows that we experience and all the grieving that we go through in our lives. And, and uh, it, it, it's sort of hitting, really hitting home with me what Jesus really meant by that, that uh, I'm really not of this world, um, because this world has beginnings and ends and forms and, uh, you know, and we, we, we go through all of it, but it's very much like, uh, it's very much like an eight hour dream. You know, we have an eight hour dream every night and everything in it seems to be real. And then you realize it's all just thoughts the whole thing is thoughts, even though you're, uh, you're convinced that it's all real and it's hard and it's objective and so on. Uh, when you awaken, you look back at it and you don't, you know, if you ha- if you have a nice new car when you uh, in your dream and you wake up, you don't still go around looking for the car. You know, you realize that it was just a thought. But try to imagine that uh, this experience that we're in right now is just another. It's just another dream. Only it's a long dream. It's measured in hundred years instead of eight hours. And that everything that we imagine, everything that we see, everything we experience is is a thought as well. And uh, and that basically is the reality of the of the of infinite consciousness, but it's, uh, it's kind of a hard thing to get a hold of because even in your dream at night, when someone, even if someone comes up to you in your dream and tries to convince you that you're in a dream, you're still going to say you're, you're not in that dream That's <laughs> you true. Know, until you awaken. Until <laughs> I had a awaken. weird one last yeah. night. Did you? <laughs> a strange dream. <laughs> I dreamed that I was doing this radio show with Bill Maher. Instead, ah. instead of you, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Bill Maher on Hay House Radio. Wouldn't that yeah. be funny? <laughs> yes, that would be. <laughs> but no, yeah. I knew that was just a dream. <laughs> well, I had it, it, interesting because I, I, I think I told a few of my dreams. If I didn't do it there, I did it in Denver. And um, and one of those dreams is, um, you know, w- my daughter uh, Summer was about uh, seventeen or eighteen years old, and um, and she said to me. Um, you're not paying enough attention to the little girl. And there was a little baby girl in there who was about a year or two old. And, uh, and she went over and she handed me this little girl. And she said she wants you to pay attention to her. So I started paying attention and I realized that I was now holding my daughter Summer when she was two years old. And in the same dream, I, she was also 17 years old. So time, you know, you can do that kind of crazy thing that you can do with time. I have a, t- a two-year-old. I had another dream like that when I had four of my children were um, 
they were uh, like two, um, two, four, six, eight, and ten because there was one every two years. They were just all young children, and um, I was trying to get them all set uh, inside and uh, get them dressed and everything. My wife had the van and she pulled up outside in the van. And uh, so I got all of the kids ready, and I had them go through the door. And then when I got into the van, they were like 21, 23, 25, 27, and 29. I mean, it was like time. It was just whatever it is that I wanted to use my imagination for. Um, you know, it's like it's great. Yeah, and those kind of those kind of things fascinate me because I was absolutely convinced that they were little children, and then all of a sudden, within a second, that they were someone else. And when I read Anita's book, um, "Dying to Be Me," that's when it uh, that's when it really uh, hit me when she she talked about that whatever you place your attention on when you're in the other realm. When she was in the, her near death experience. Um, it, it, you experience it. There's no time delay between any thought that you have and it's manifesting for you. Um, and that's kind of what we all have waiting for us when we can finally shed these bodies, you know. William Same. Butler Yeats, the famous Irish poet, said when I, when my friend Ramdas was having his 80th birthday about two years ago, and we were all sitting around a dinner table and we were all asked to say something uh, to Ramdas. Uh, this is a man that I've just adored and, and loved, you know, f- as long as I can remember since the 19, late 1960s. And um, I quoted what uh, William Butler Yeats said. He said, an aged man uh, is but a paltry thing, a tattered coat upon a stick. I always loved that image. Unless soul claps its hands and sings and louder sings for every tatter in its mortal dress. You know, we're just... If we really believe that we're these bodies, then we're just, uh, you know, an aged man is but a, it's just a paltry thing. We're just tattered coats on a stick uh, unless we find our soul. And when we, when we know that who we are is infinite and we clap our hands with our soul, then all things are possible. All things. That's beautiful. Now, will you be yeah. sharing some of these uh, ideas in Maui? Because that's not oh, far my goodness, away. Maui. I'm, I'm nine. Maui's coming up in January, the 24th and 25th, and I'm doing a seminar called "I Am Light" um, with Anita Murjani and uh, Immaculate Ilabagiza and Scarlett Lewis, uh, three really divine spiritual uh, angels that walk among us on this planet and have had just just the most amazing experiences that we'll be sharing. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm writing what I'm going to do for the, that entire weekend. It's going to be on this whole idea of understanding that that who we are inside of us is uh, nothing but pure light, pure light. Yeah, that's going to be an amazing weekend. That's yeah. the 24th so that's and 25th for our listeners there. If, if they would like to right join here you. in Maui at the uh, at the Westin Hotel right next door to uh, where I write. So you just have so to on. kind of roll out of bed and. Kind of go next yes, door. There's no travel pay. There's no travel pay for this. <laughs> but uh, it's also the whale season. It's like uh, the whales will be jumping right out in front of the, oh, where you're staying. So it's, great. Uh, it's, yeah, whale watching on Maui is, you know, that's the very height of the season. So, in fact, the first ones have already been spotted. They're already here. They, oh, wow. They come from Alaska. I don't know how they do it without a GPS or anything. They just, uh, they, they get here <laughs> every year. It's you pretty know, magical. About, they, they are talk beautiful. Talk about miracles. Yeah, these great big creatures who are able to figure out how to go from Alaska to Hawaii, uh, you know, in, in nothing but a great big pool of water. Uh, pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. amazing. Pretty well, mystical, before we go to calls, mysterious. I wanted to mention one other thing uh, quickly, too. So right on my desk, fresh off the press, I have the brand new book, 
with you and Esther uh, together, you had, had never really done anything like this before. Co-creating at its best, a conversation between master teachers is available. Pretty amazing. It's just it's out now, isn't it? It is. So it's in my hand right so now. <laughs> the people who call, get through, it's also on video. So we'll either send them the video or the book for everybody who gets through today. So whoever calls, make sure you leave your address. And do you know I still haven't seen the book? Oh, you haven't? Uh, it's beautiful. No, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm expecting to see it, you know, today or tomorrow. That'll be. It'll be here. Um, it's here. But yeah, yeah, that was an amazing, amazing event. Abraham, I, uh, you know, Esther Hicks and Esther and Jerry Hicks were very, very good friends of mine. Jerry passed on uh, about a year ago or so. Um, but the teachings of Abraham, I think, are the most profound teachings on the planet today. I mean, I've listened to I've listened to Esther um, channeling these uh, these this collection of of divine spirits who've uh, who are coming from the. And at first, when I you know, there's just an awful lot of people doing that sort of thing, and it's like uh, a lot of them that so I really were you skeptical? At at the beginning. Were you really? Yeah, I was absolutely. I was. Yeah, yeah. Ghosts talking to us <laughs> from the other side. Yeah, that's a that that flies in the face of everything that I was ever told in my life about what reality is. But now, of course, I have a mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing and. This was uh, it was a three-hour conversation between the two of us, which we've turned into a book, and it's also a CD and a DVD, uh, co-creating at its best. And it was an amazing, amazing evening. It was very, very helpful to me, and I tried to ask the kinds of questions that you would be able to ask of uh, you know of of those who have uh, who are living in that spiritual realm. Uh, and it was a, it was really an amazing evening, uh, as I. While I was doing it, I was again very much like when I gave the talks at the church. Uh, I, I didn't even realize what was. I was so concentrating on what she was saying at that at that instant um, that uh, you know I couldn't even recollect any of it. So when I listened to it uh, to get my final approval for it, I was really touched. It's I think going to be one of the 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 most important things I've ever done. Yeah, people and are going to love this. I mean, you cover yeah. some great stuff. You know, everything from Dharma, destiny. You know, if people mm. are on the right path, and you also yeah. touch on um, Monsanto, GMOs, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you right. cover you cover a lot yeah. of things. And the Abraham answered them very, very. They don't they don't care if you're a celebrity or not. They just they always come up with very, very powerful answers. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.